All right. We're here with Josh Horowitz. It's very, very early in the track season, but we have had some indoor meets, including the Indiana runner opener. Uh, saw some impressive things. Anything that stands out to you, Josh, from around the state so far in the first one week of high school track? I would say it's it's very early. Um, and we had that first Indiana, Indiana runner open uh, this past Saturday, which you were at. And there were some good performances, um, especially on the distance side. Um, Addison Canobla of Homestead and Isaiah Sturry um, of Angola putting, some, putting up some good times. Um, those, those were, I would say, the big star numbers from that first meet. Yep. And there were some other things going on. Some, some of these meets, they're college meets, but high school kids can run unattached. And so yesterday, uh, Warren Central senior Brian Stevens cleared seven, one and a half at UND. It's the number one clearance right now in the country for high schoolers. I saw that. And I, I looked to see last year, how he did last year. And he was 11th at state last year. So kind of a guy up on the rise. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he was good all of last year. And he, I think he just did not like, he just had an off day at the state meet. He also made it last year in the pole vault. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah. You, you don't see that very often, although the skill set that it takes to be a good vaulter uh, is a lot of what it would take to be a good high jumper. That, that'll have to be a future segment, our favorite uh, crossover event people of the past. There's some good ones. We had, this might've been when you were in high school, we had a guy at Carmel, he finished second in the 110s and he scored in the disc. That's who I was thinking of. That, that's yeah. always been my favorite. Jimmy Herman, I believe. Is Jimmy who it was. Herman. There was a girl from Homestead, maybe almost close to my age, and she scored in the 100 and the 800 in the same year. And I remember there was at least one girl from Concordia my age, a little bit older maybe, that scored on all three relays. She ran the four by wow. one, the four by four, and the four by eight. Uh, other things around, around the state, not at the Indiana Runner Open yesterday. You mentioned Addison Wiley. She won three events at that college meet at Indiana Wesleyan. She won the 600, the 800, and the 1,000. Seems odd to have all three of those distances mm -hmm. kind of repetitive, but – and someone that was there had said on the message boards that all of those races happened within an hour of each other. Oh, wow. So this is just a, a glorified workout, right? Right. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good workout though. Uh, Reese Sanders ran 912 in the 60 hurdles. She ran 2625 in the 200. She, Reese Sanders was, was essentially the athlete that won the state championship for her school last year in track cathedral one by one. She scored in two individual events and, and I think one relay. Uh, Ramaya Elliott, maybe the best overall athlete in the state, uh, ran 763 in the 60 and 2511 in the 200. So to put that into perspective, 2511, I think, will score pretty high most years. She's going to win. She's won the 200 every year. She's been um, at the state meet in high school, but uh, she's in pretty, pretty good shape already. And last year, it seemed like her season was kind of marred by injury. And she just kind of came around back in time for the state meet. She's obviously in really, really good shape now. Um, so more of a return to form or, or even the best version of herself right now. Right. And it'll be, like you said, she's, she's healthier now than presumably a year ago. Um, a lot more time until the state meet. And I mean, who knows if her event, schedule will be the exact same because what was she last year at state 400 200 
four by one, four by four, four, by four. four. Right. So, you know, you're allowed four events and. Yeah. I'd imagine, I'd imagine <laughs> this year, I'd imagine if you asked them, they, they'd like a do over on that and not have her on the four by four. And I, I don't, I don't even know if they scored at all. They could have had her in the four by one or the, the hundred. And if she would have been in the hundred, they, they think they, they would have won points wise. Um, the Indiana runner open, opener, I think is the official is the official term for it. Uh, Isaiah Sturry, 412 and 157 doubled. Now he's not eligible in the spring because of the age limit. He turns 20. Uh, I do not know if we'll see him. I talked to his coach there at the meet. I don't know if we'll see him in some other kind of national races. For instance, if he's not eligible in Indiana, I don't know. And his, his coach was saying they don't know they're checking if he's eligible to run in, say, the New Balance Indoor Nationals. Uh, he wouldn't have to get a waiver, but they, a lot of those national meets say you're eligible if your state association says you can run. So if you're, for instance, if you're from a state that allows eighth graders to participate, you can run at Nike Midwest. But if you're not from a state that allows eighth graders to participate, you can't be on your school's team for Nike Cross Nationals. Uh also at the meet, Northrop's uh, Morgan Patterson won the 60 hurdles, 937, and she won the 226, 69. She's probably going to score in both hurdles this year. And, and Northrop, we'll get into the team uh, team contender. A little early for that. Way too early for that. But we'll, we'll get into who we think could be team contenders. And on the girls' side, that might take a while. Uh, Brownsburg's John Colquitt, another guy, another superstar on a potential state championship team he won the 60 hurdles in 818 he won the 60 dash in 693 he's a potential state champ in three events he did win uh the 300 hurdles last year i think this year he could win both hurdles and he could win the long jump yeah that was a big topic last year him going into the the state meet being a title contender for three events and came away with just one last year I believe just, he. I believe he just won the three hundreds. I'm not sure if he won the. I don't think he won the one tenths. So being one, being one of the top returners in all three of those, a good yeah, chance to score big. I think he's he the number one returner in all three. Certainly in the three hundreds because he won. Uh, Cherubusco Junior. Riley Burroff. This was very impressive. Now he's not necessarily uh, doesn't have as uh, as established of a name as say Isaiah Sturry or, or John Colquitt. He won the Open four hundred and fifty one sixty one which is the 400 is one of the toughest events to run well and run a fast time early um, just based on where training might be and how, how hard it is to run indoors. So 51-61 was, was pretty incredible. He was ninth last year at the state meet in the 400, and he also made it in the high jump. So really one of the state's best athletes. Uh, HSE's Steven Seidner, uh, 22, four and three quarters in the long jump. It's a really, really good distance, especially early on. Uh, he was second in that event last year at the state meet. So now Colquitt, I don't think did the long jump yesterday, but those might be the top two guys. Well, they're the, those are the top two returners. Seidner was second. We, we talked about Colquitt being a top returner. I guess he was the number two returner because he was fourth last year at the state meet. Um, so they were both there. This is, I, I did the shot put, um, not competing, my God, but uh, that was, that was my, my event to work. And uh, you didn't want to get out there and throw with them. <laughs> I didn't want them to get embarrassed. 
uh, Heritage Christian sophomore, Luke Himes, he bombed a bunch of them pretty consistently right at 58 feet. Now, 58 feet is listed as his best distance, but he had at least two throws right there. The sophomore state record is 60 feet, seven inches. And by, by Tucker Smith, I'm assuming. I don't believe it was Tucker oh, Smith okay. because that was the year that it got canceled. Oh, you're right. So he, he has the, he, he has the freshman record yeah. and the junior record, yeah. but I don't think he found a meet anywhere and did, um, and did it. So it's, it's somebody else for sophomores. Uh, this, this kid, we were, we're watching him warm up. Um, and, the girls went first and the boys warmed up and, and he's getting ready to throw. And we asked his, uh, his dad was there. And I think his, his dad was, is probably his coach. Um, and his, his dad was an accomplished like collegiate shot putter. And so we asked him like, Hey, are these far enough back? You know, the, the boards or whatever. And his dad says, yeah, I, I think it's okay. Whatever, but keep an eye on it in warmups. He throws one bounces over. So we move it back. I don't know, three, four feet. Then in the competition, he bounces another one over. These are rolling into the high jump, right? So he, he bombs at about 60 feet. It bounces over the barriers we have set up. It's rolling into the high jump area as kids are jumping. So we move it back another time. And on this last throw, guess what? Bounce it over again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. So, and he, That's incredible. He did, he did throw one that was a foul. Um but we measured it just in case to see what it was. And it was like 62 something. It was 62.4, 62.8. So would have been the state record had he not fouled. Now I don't know what kind of advantage he got from fouling. I don't, I don't know much about the shot. Uh, That reminds me. That reminds me exactly of when Tucker Smith came to Bloomington North last year and their, I believe their shot put rank only goes only, I say only 65 feet. And he, and I'm pretty sure he threw one out. Like they had to mark it out oh my of gosh. the back. Have you ever seen the so the the national record is still stands from the eighties? Have you ever seen the video well, of this? No. So the guy throws it. Gosh, I can't I can't remember what his name was. It's Michael something. He played. He he was. I think he was a gold medalist in the shot uh, in the Olympics, and he played professionally for the Raiders. Okay. But when he was in high school, he threw one that it was, it's like 80 feet and it actually goes, oh, they have a fence set up for competition and it actually goes over that fence and they had to like, you know, measure that. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I'd never really seen the, you know, at the meets and stuff, distance running coaches aren't really watching a ton of the field events. I, I so rarely go out there and watch it, but like, it was, it's pretty exciting. It's really exciting when you get a chance to go go and watch, and that's why that day I made sure to get over there and check it out. And that's I think I think the, those are the top two, the guys we talked about, Tucker Smith and then and then Luke Himes. I, I think those will probably be the the top two because we're. And, I, yeah. I didn't know even uh, I was talking to another coach there that knows a lot more about throwing events, and I I didn't even know well, what what normally wins in the shot, and I was like, well, 68, 69 feet. No, that's the record. So really about if you get around 60 feet, you're in the mix to win. Most well, and that's, most and that's what I was going to say. Uh, 58 feet, which is what he threw, right? He was 58. Yeah, 58. Uh, the other day. 58 that, was, was his best legal throw. That would have been good for sixth last year. And last year, I, I, as I looked through it, it was actually uh, even after Tucker Smith, it was a pretty strong year. 
there's normally not that many guys over 60 feet. So in, in some years, 58 feet might even be, you know, second or third. Um, and then I, I thought that the performer of the meet, um, and I got a chance to talk to her because I was a staging clerk for all the, the track races, Addison Canablo, she ran 459, which to run under five minutes in the first meet, you know, January 22nd, is pretty impressive and to do it by by yourself um even more so and then came back and i was joking with her like hey yeah you're back for more you're gonna be pretty tired and she goes oh, i'll be all right and and goes out in 5 15 and i'm thinking like oh my gosh this is this is probably in pretty poorly uh but that's i guess for a normal human being which apparently she is not because she came back <laughs> and you know 5 15 5 26 splits to run 10 41 again all by herself and i'd overheard her telling some of the other girls actually that uh, she's on the swim team at her school. And she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm missing a swim meet for this. So she, I don't think she's doing much. Um, I don't think she's doing much running training right now. She just kind of showed up for fun and, and ran four fifty nine and 10 41. Um, Both times of which would have been all state last year, fourth, I believe fifth in the 16 and then seventh in the 32. Wow. Yeah, and she she made it in the thirty two. I, I looked at it, and she um, she didn't score, but she is just streets ahead of where she had been last year. And you know, she was the number one Indiana girl at the Nike Midwest, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. And and didn't I don't believe she tried to qualify for Foot Locker, or maybe she did and, and didn't make it. But she is right there with. I mean, she beat Lily Cred. She's right there with with some of those, the best girls. And I think, um, I, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of improvement, not a very bold prediction after she runs 459, right. 1041 all by herself. Um, when she's supposed to be at a swim meet apparently, but actually, so her, her dad is the swim coach at her high school at Homestead. And the, the name sounded familiar when I was in high school, he was the swim coach at, where I went to school. He was a coach at Snyder. So that's what I, that's what I found out. D dare we say she enters the second best female distance runner conversation? I think, I don't think we take a look at what happens in a meet in January 22nd right. and, and say that, like, I, but I think that I am predicting that she will mm -hmm. be in the mix. She's, she's pretty impressive. Yeah. The, I mean, the way, the way she, ran those races the 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 way she conducts herself she's going to have a lot of success and and i've heard i don't i don't know that much about swimming but i've heard she's she's close to being as good at swimming as she is at distance running oh wow so yeah i i getting a lot be, of good it'll be interesting to see how she runs hopefully hopefully they go how she runs at the franklin central and the carmel meets uh because i i certainly don't think at 459 and 1041 is the fastest she's going to run. Right. All right. Well, it is too early to get into the, uh, into the team contenders. Wait, Hey, can I make a couple more notes on the Indiana runner open? Yeah. Just what, yeah, one thing that I'm I had, the notebook. Yeah. I don't know if you realized there were, uh, if my count is correct, which it was a, on a quick look through the results, but there were nine medalists from last year that competed at the Indiana runner open which is pretty good, pretty good for a early meet in January, pretty high quality competition. Um, 
And I know you have, there are a couple more coming up and that's a look at what can come to these meets. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about, you know, Colquitt was there. Uh, Isaiah Sturry was there. Canablo, this, this Luke Himes kid who wasn't a medalist, but it's certainly going to be this year. Uh, Riley Burroff was a medalist. There, there was a really high level of competition and this Taylor facility, it's really nice indoor track. And it's really in the ideal location to be halfway between Fort Wayne and Indianapolis. It's, it's an hour from Fort Wayne. It's an hour from the North side of Indy. So like if, if we thought that this was an impressive meet in terms of the level of competition in five more weeks at those showcase meets, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really good. And, and I think that, you know, Brownsburg's whole boys team was there yesterday. And I think this shows that uh, people are, people are pretty starved for competition. And last year we, we piece things together the best that we could, but we couldn't have huge indoor meets and there, there essentially weren't, weren't hardly any at all, but the uh, yeah, the, the distance showcase is going to be, is going to be huge. And that's what I say, there's just a, there's a big difference getting to meets this year than last year, obviously. I don't, there were no actual, um, like IHSA indoor meets. So good for teams to get, get a lot of good early competition. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get it. We'll get into the team contenders. It's too early. It's too, too early. early. It's too early to be accurate, but it's not too early to talk about. So let's, let's Always. get into that right after the break. And we're back. We're just going to go through some of the teams that we consider to be contenders. It is a girl's first year because it is even 2022. So I, on the girls' side, it kind of feels like last year, last year could kind of be similar, right? I mean, we had the craziest state meet in history and uh, I'm seeing a lot of potential contenders on the girls' side, right? Yeah, it was, it was a very close meet last year at the top from one to five was seven points for five teams. So uh, really close meet. And a lot of those teams have girls returning for this meet or uh, for the, for this season, obviously cathedral Reese Sanders in a few events, um, North central returns Ramaya Elliott in multiple events. So just contending teams that have a lot coming back already. So the, the big favorite going into the meet last year was Northrop and they just, they, they had some bad luck. They dropped the stick in the four by one. They had uh, somebody slip and not make it in the finals and the hurdles. And they ended up pretty far back. Most of those girls are back. And we saw uh, Morgan Patterson ran already. She's probably the most important athlete of the star of the team. So Northrop's going to be in the hunt. We'd imagine when we get to May. North Central has Ramaya Elliott. Ramaya Elliott is worth at least 30 points because she's probably going to win the 100, the 200, and the 400 if that those are the events that they put her in. And then, you know, when you've got a girl that can split 53 seconds, what do you really need to put around her uh, to score in the 4 by 4 So I, I, I think she's worth 30-plus points. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. You mentioned Cathedral. They won last year. Reese Sanders is back. She's probably worth around 20-plus points. They won the 4 by 4 I think three of those girls are back. So that's why I would say 20-plus. I, I don't know for – I don't 
think she's going to win the 100 hurdles. She'll win the 300s, and she'll probably score in the 100 hurdles. She was fourth last year, and they can probably put enough. Again, if you've got a 53 or 54 anchor leg or, or any split, depending on where you put her, they probably score in that too. So, I mean, 20, 20 gets you halfway there, right? Ramaya Elliott gets you 75% of the way there if there's not one really strong team. Do we usually uh, say 40 is the goal points-wise to win the state track championship? I, yeah, I think, I, think 40, I think 40 gets you into it. If you can score 40, you, you can think you about winning. Yeah. Last, year, last year on the boys' side, Brownsburg scored 40. They were second, but they were, they were in it. But last year wasn't a typical year on the boys' side either because the, the team that won almost scored 70. Right. Uh, Zionsville finished third last year. They were only like five, six points back, and all of their girls were back. Every single girl that scored for them, or I think even ran for them at the state meet, is back. It's a good recipe. Warren Central was like kind of a surprise second. Now, the difference between Warren against Zionsville, Cathedral, even North Central, Northrop, is that they grad they had a superstar who scored high in multiple events and ran on the relays, and she graduated. But other than that, they were super young. For instance, Takora Humphrey was on their 4 by 4 that scored really high. She graduated, but the other three legs were freshmen. And they did have a girl in the 300, scoring the 300s pretty high. And uh, she was a freshman, and she's the coach's daughter. And Warren just always always finds good athletes, trains them well, and gets them to run well at the state meet. So Warren will probably be in it. Uh, I thought about this yesterday because they had quite a few girls go and run at, at our meet. Chittard had like two or three girls run like 60 to 62 in the 400. So there's a pretty good four by four they bring back most of their four by eight. And then last year, Cridge ran the four by eight and the 3,200. And if you're in the team race, and I know their coach like knows how to figure that out. Could you ask, can you ask more from Cridge this year for one, you know, for one meet, could she run the 1600 and the 3,200 and you score in the four by without her or does she maybe run the four by eight, not quite like a hundred percent, but run gives you a good leg, you score in that, and then she comes back and, and runs the sixteen hundred. She's probably not going to win, but you're getting a lot of points, and then come back and run the thirty two hundred. And maybe you're tired and don't win, but if if you if you end up scoring twenty one points for the team that way, am I worth it? I don't know. It's, it's definitely a question I think you have to ask. And again, it's very early. And as a coach, you take the season, you take the meets and try to figure out what your athletes can do. And I'm sure that's what their coach is going to try to figure out. Right, right. And that's what even, even the coaches of these kids don't really have an idea of what you're going to do in May. I mean, you and I both had these conversations with kids on our team now. Like we need to let the season unfold, run, train, get – put ourselves in a really good position to take advantage of the opportunity. And then when we get to the tournament, which is, you know, what, four months from now, 
yeah, then we'll then we'll be able to figure some of that stuff out. But looking at it now, I, I think it's something to, to consider to try to compete for a, a team title. Yeah, if, if, if they're in it. Um, hard to win title with distance as your focal point, but Columbus North and Carmel, the two teams that uh, competed and, and were nationally ranked in cross country from Indiana, uh, they both have quite a few kids that could score in their individual events. And then you put all of those kids together on a four by eight. Those are potentially the top two teams for that. But, you know, you come out and win or finish second in the four by eight, it's only eight. And it's much harder to score in multiple distance races than it is to score in, in multiple sprint races or, you know, uh, the, the hundred and the long jump or whatever. So I don't, I don't know that either of those two teams could get into it. Those are also really, really big schools with established programs that, Sometimes a school like that, there's a kid that didn't even run last year or was in eighth grade that nobody knows about that can run really well in the 400 or the 200 or whatever, and that can change some things. Right. Th those schools, they have the distance, and however you spread it out, they, they probably would need some help from other events. Right. Although, again, if it's 35 points winning it, kind of like it was last year, was, I don't know, 38, 39, whatever, um, you know, could those teams nickel and dime enough of those? The, the issue with, with those teams on the girls' side that's not true of their, their counterpart teams is that none of them have a superstar that might win her event. And it's going to be really, really hard to win a, a distance event this year on the girls' side because – the best girls at the, all three distances are probably currently in high school. Right. And to, to actually take that a little further, this is a good segue into, into the point I had brought up earlier on the girl side of the, in the eight track events, only one person that won last year was a senior. So we're returning stars on the girl side individually. A lot of people that won last year are coming back. Right. And, and the, the record holder in the 800 and 1600, still in high school, Ramaya Elliott, not the best in the 200 and 400 ever, but she's not that far off. I mean, it's, we kind of know, we have a pretty good idea of who's going to win all of those events this year, I'd imagine. Um, but it could it, it becomes trickier because it, there's so much there's so much depth there's so many really really fast girls at these distances that Lily Cridge is the best in the 3200 she showed that last year but if they need her in more than one event that's that's an interesting decision and it's not it's not a decision anybody's needing to make on on January 23rd for the state meet, which will be in, you know, five and a half months from now, yeah. but that could be interesting. Mm -hmm. That could be really, really interesting. Uh, on the boys side, center Grove was third last year. And I think they bring almost everybody back in my estimation. Center Grove is the favorite. They've got a lot of sprinters and they even have a lot of, they scored a, a good amount. They scored like 38 points last year at the state meet. 36, 38, something like that. It was 38. It was 38. So they were pretty yeah. close to second. They were pretty close to Brownsburg for second. But 
not only do a lot of those boys come back, but they had a few that were like 12, 13 as sophomores that could be way up there. And their distance runners had a really, really good fall. But I don't know. They, they might have made the state meet, but they weren't that close to scoring. But by this year, they could be they could be way up there. Um, so I, I, I think Center Grove is the team to beat right now. Right now on, again, January 23rd. Brownsburg was second last year. So Center Grove scored 38. Brownsburg scored 40. Colquitt himself is worth 30 plus, potentially, because he could win the 110s, the 300s, the long jump, and then they can use him in one of the two relays. And they had a lot of good um, 400 performances yesterday, like boys that are already running 53 seconds, which means they're probably 49 splits in in May or June once they get outside. Uh, so they have a lot of depth. By the way, fact-checking us from earlier in the in the podcast, he did win the 110 and the 300 hurdles. He did win both, okay. Yes, and then the, he was fourth in the long jump. So he scored 26 points himself. That's a lot of points. My, my memory is hazy of the 110s because um, it, it got chaotic. And, and one kid that was probably going to win and kind of pulled ahead of the field and then someone knocked a hurdle over and it went across multiple lanes. And so we're just done with the race and everyone's trying to figure out what happened. And that kid that was probably gonna win ended up third. Um, and I think because of all of that chaos, it, every, no one was unaffected by that, including Colquitt. But I think it was like one of the slower winning times because of all that stuff that happened. That I mean, the, the, it just, it went across basically every lane on the track, everybody was somehow getting hit by somebody or the hurdle or whatever. Um, I would say it's yeah. not, not surprising that that slipped our minds with what had actually happened in the 110. That's what we were thinking about from that, from that race. Right. Yeah. Every year there's someone that wins, but not every year is yeah. someone knock a hurdle and it yeah goes across all of Marion County. Um, other kind of more long shot or dark horse contenders, Carmel shout out. Carmel has won four of the last six state meets. 68 points last year, tons and tons of seniors. But a distance runner that, that could maybe give you multiple, um, multiple individual performances, enough, enough depth that you might think could score on, on the two relays even without him, but won the four by four, three of those guys graduated. Second in the four by eight, three of those guys graduated and the one guy coming back, do you run him in the four by eight if he can run well and, and potentially contend in, in two individual events? I don't know. Uh, That's for their those, coaches to figure out. Not making those decisions on uh, <laughs> January 23rd. I think, I think we might let the season play out there. Um, and then Columbus North has two potential double winners. If you have two boys and they each win two events, that's how many points? That is 40. 40, and that's kind of that benchmark, right? Yep. So if, you know, I Tucker Smith, I don't know what he was in the disc. I don't think he was in the top nine. I think he was somewhere like 11th, 12th, 13th. I, I don't know anything about throws, but I know enough to talk to people who know stuff who say he's, 
he's obviously he's obviously incredible in the shot um but he has potential in the disc that if he can develop that potential and he probably has a he probably has some pretty good instruction i'd imagine um since he can throw close to 70 feet that he he can definitely win the disc when he figures that out so he wins the shot in the disc reese kilbarger stump is the number one returner in the 1600 he's the number one returner in the 800 based on time and eight of the top nine boys from the state meet last year graduated so it's hard to win it's hard to win two events at the state meet no, no matter who you are um how many guys have won the 1600 and the 800 drew shields did it but that that, that to me doesn't it. you say the six, oh you said 16 and eight drew shields did it and that to me feels like oh yeah that wasn't too long ago that's been like 13 years he's almost my age um austin mudd did it i think that's it there have been guys that you thought, okay, well, they, they're, they're definitely, he's a lock. He's definitely going to win both the 16 and the eight. But Cole Hawker. State meet, there's only like, oh, Hawker did it too. You're right. Yeah. Barely. They made yeah. him earn it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that, I think that even shows you how hard it is. He was yeah. clearly the best Indiana distance runner. He could have won any two events that he chose. He chose the 800 as a secondary event rather than the 3,200. And, and two guys from the same school ran him to the line. Yeah. And it wasn't like he ran a, a crazy performance in the 1600 until they wore himself out. So, um, you know, three guys in the last 15 or 20 years have done it. And then same thing, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to win both. It's hard to score in both in the 16 and the 3200. I don't think anybody last year scored in more than one distance race individually. On the boy side? Yeah, on the boys' side. And I actually think only two boys ran on scoring four by eights and came back and scored in their individual mm -hmm. event. It's that's that's how hard it is. Yeah. So for if, I, if if they do, that's 40. And then you know what Matt Newell's pretty good. What can he I, give you? I was gonna can say for fifth in the sixteen hundred, that's forty-five points. That that may be enough. Right. For, and for them, it might not even be about just getting the 40 because if, if, well, Tugger Smith, we think would win the shot, but even if the other three events, they don't win, they'd score pretty high. So say anywhere between 30, 35, right. that's a, that's a great start. And that's probably on the lower end of what we think. And like you said, Matt Newell, um, a great cross country team putting together four bite possibly um, they have, they have other ways to get points. Now they would, I would think they would struggle if they're not going to use Reese or Newell, you're going to struggle to put together a four by like, could they, could they maybe find four guys that can run two minutes and run eight minutes? Yeah. Depending on the year, the last two times we've had a state meet eight minutes actually scored. But I also remember it hasn't been that long since Westfield ran seven fifty two and got 10. So Right. Just depends on the year. For, Typically for eight one. minutes. I, I ran on a team that ran eight minutes at the state meet and we finished, I think 16th. And that was a long, you know, that was a long time ago. Other things to talk about. What about, tell us about your new, uh, your new role with mile split. Oh yeah. Just, uh, you know, signing on to join the mile split, uh, Indiana team. Um, really excited about it. 
um, talking with uh, the head editor, Rick Sluter, who's also the coach of uh, the Columbus North track and field teams. Um, but I'll, I'll mostly just be trying to talk to the people um, in Southern Indiana, you know, obviously I'm at Bloomington South and be good to have, have, have coverage over that part of the state, um, but won't be beholden to that. So hopefully everyone will see me at more track meets uh, than usual more than just the ones that I've been coaching at. Um, and then, you know, at, at certain meets, I look forward to getting to interview some, some great athletes. So, cause we, we got a lot of them in, in this state for sure. Yeah, that'd be great. And, and we, we got a good thing going with the podcast. We can keep, keep talking, give, give the coverage that uh, coverage that all these, these athletes deserve and the coverage that, that uh, according to our numbers, a lot of people want. That's right. So yeah, lo looking forward to, to that role and just continuing to, to share what makes uh, Indiana running so great, as I've said. Miscellaneous minute. We're in the, we're in the thick of the playoffs. Yeah, last, I think we, we both have uh, a game going on right now. <laughs> the, last, the last three games have all been decided on a last second field goal that the road team won. That's right. Crazy. It's, it's unheard of. I, I even said that the, uh, this Chiefs Bills game was the game that most people I think were looking forward to would be the most exciting. And it's having to follow three games that ended with the road team kicking game winning field goals as time expired. So do pretty you, hard to top, but you, probably, you think, probably great. So it's, it's like halfway through the third quarter, the Chiefs just scored a touchdown. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I know you'd be like 30, 30 seconds behind me. You were saying earlier. Um, do we do we think that the winner of the Chiefs Bills game is going to win the championship? Based on everything else that has happened, that's what I would say at this point. I was already saying the winner of this game would make the Super Bowl. Not that I don't have faith in the Bengals, all my Bengals fan friends, but I think the winner of this game would be the favorite for sure to win the so, Super Bowl. You you well, you grew up in Indy, but your your family's from Boston, Patriots fan. Yes. Who? What did you want to happen in the Bucks Rams game earlier? So I I was rooting for the Bucks, and I've had okay. I had this conversation with my brother. So let me explain a little bit because I know I'll get a lot from it. But when Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, I'm no longer rooting for Tom Brady. I'm a Patriots fan. I know there are some people that are Patriot or just Tom Brady fans, um, but I always not, not like lot, to. It's not a ton, but there's definitely because I don't. Right? There, there's he's not there that just root for the player. Yeah, but he's not like I feel like he's not one of those guys that has a lot of fans that are like Tom Brady fans, right? Yeah, but it's it's it would mainly be just Patriot fans, right? But you want China. the Patriots your favorite team, but right. you want Tom. So did you want the Bucks to win because Tom Brady is the quarterback? Well, so that's what I was going to say is anytime I watch a game, I've tried to root for, I pick one of the teams to root for to make it more exciting. Right. Sure. And it was a good reason to try to root for the bucks because uh, Tom yes. Brady's the quarterback. So, yeah. And it would, it would produce well, not, a, anymore, he's not. not anymore. Yeah. He's, he's uh, they're out. So, and who knows if he'll be done. Do you think, do you think he'll retire? He's, he's going to be 45 years old next season. I know. He's not like, you know, Adam Vinatieri was still playing, and he was like 47, 48. Um, 
but he's not doing a position where you get hit, right? Like it's hard enough to be like a, a kicker. That's actually really hard on your body. That's why Pat McAfee said he retired so early. It was like, no, I was like doing legitimate damage to myself. He's the quarterback. He's getting like, like knocked down by Aaron Donald. I think he got knocked down seven times today by one player. Like, and that's why it's, it's so how crazy. Could he, how could he play next year? Long. How could he play next year? He want, if he wants to try to win another Super Bowl. His, you know, you know what his favorite ring is. What the next, the next one is that the, the next one? Yeah. yeah. No, we'll see. There, there were more talks than normal about him retire, or I should say, less talks about him playing. Like it was weird how kind of dialed down the talks were about his future. I, um, I get, I get so. the feeling that he probably won't. He probably won't be playing next year. Really? Okay. And I also get this. I get the feeling that Tampa will be as good next year or close to as good next year as they were this year they'll have some quarterback gonna be right i I don't know they'll get somebody though and they'll be as good or close to as good next year and that will go with my theory that tom brady is just a league average starter he's just the first league average starter for 22 years i see i mean most of the time you get a league average starter right you get like a you get like like ryan fitzpatrick like a like a slightly better version of ryan fitzpatrick but those all those guys are only good for like four or five years Tom Brady just did that for 25 years. And, and when you look through the stats of the championships that they won, like to give Tom Brady too much credit is, is a total farce for how good those New England teams were, especially like 02, 03, 04, those defenses. Yeah. Like, and, and Tom, Tom Brady would throw like 15 of 25 for 120 yards. And they would be like, huh, what greatest player of all time. It's like, well, the defense had three interceptions. Right. That he, he kind of rode the first three Super Bowls for a long time. Right. Because if they didn't, if they don't win Super Bowl 49, like he might, the, the, the whole thing is different. He probably, I mean, he obviously does not have seven, let alone he might not even have six or five. Um, I still was, think he's What was 49? Good. Was that the Atlanta one? Seattle. Right, right, right. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, when you look at a lot of those old playoff games, yeah, when New England was winning, they, they weren't they weren't winning because of the quarterback. No, right? they, it wasn't they had it the wasn't best like in the league. Right, right. For years and years. And that's what that's what Belichick is, right? He's a defensive, he's a defensive not, coach. Not he's according defensive, to last week. He's a def- <laughs> <laughs> he was a defensive coordinator for those Giants teams. So right. And yeah. that's look, and that's why it's it is a team sport. It is a team sport. Right, they right. won Super Bowls based on the way the team played, except I would say the Atlanta one was very big on Tom Brady playing an incredible second half. Um, but you need a defense to stop the offense, the other team. So Right. Well, and that's it's, what yeah. one of the reasons they got back into the game today was that defense. And the, that defense yeah. is full of like – now, I, I think probably an, under, an underrated part of Tom Brady is that he's probably the consummate teammate and all of those guys – Tampa won the Super Bowl, and typically when a team wins the Super Bowl, they're, all their players leave after that because they want their contracts are up. They want they they want more money. They and, and they deserve more money, and and they and none of the none of the Bucks starters left. And Tom Brady's probably a really big part of that. Right, and keep but, in mind how to, often to compare Tom Brady in 2020 to Patrick Mahomes is like insanity. Right. And even to compare Tom Brady in 2000 
2006 or 2003 to like Peyton Manning is like, eh, we'll, we'll see. He, he's, he was still putting up numbers this year. Who knows? No, he's, 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 yeah, he's a slightly above average league starter, but he's 44 years old. That's the impressive part. Not the actual play. It's the play combined with, with With the the age. age. Right. Great miscellaneous minute. Also touchdown bills. Oh, just now. Okay. Well, Well, let's, let's make your pick right now. Who wins the Super Bowl? There's five teams left. Chiefs. Yeah. Agreed. All right, man. Well, I'll see you around at the meets. I'll see you on the yep. internet because we, we work for uh, media companies and I'll, yep. I'll see you on some podcasts. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks, Kyle. All right, dude. Yeah, thanks for coming on.